2: Hello and welcome to One Wine Question Time. My guest this week joined the Army at the age of 16, where he started his life in service as part of the Nine Parachute Squadron before enlisting with the Royal Marines in 2005. A year later, he passed out of his commando course before serving in Afghanistan and eventually joined the Elite Special Boat Service, where he served as a point man and sniper. His autobiography, First Man In, Leading from the Front, was the second biggest selling book of 2018, beaten only by former first lady Michelle Obama's Becoming. Its follow-up, The Fear Bubble, released last year, was also a Sunday Times bestseller. Which all makes sense when you consider his on-screen success as chief instructor on Channel 4's brilliant SAS Who Dares Wins since it launched over four years ago. Such is his popularity now that he holds sell-out live shows, Mind Over Muscle record, and this year is transferring from theatres into arenas. The man is a rock star. Well... Only when he's on stage. The rest of the time he's married with five children at home. And Middleton, welcome to the show.
3: <laughs> you nailed it in one, Kate. You it in part. I like to think I'm a rock star, then I get brought down to earth very, very quickly um, when I walk through the door and I get bombarded by my wife and my beautiful children. Yeah, it's, it's a
2: gear change, isn't
3: it? Yes, it is. It, work doesn't stop. You know, I've just put different hats on for different sort of uh, roles.
2: Yeah, Um, but that's something you've had to do because you've lived a life of incredible secrecy in service and then you come home and you have to do what I would imagine is an incredibly difficult transition uh, back into the real world.
3: Yeah, I remember when I first got back from Afghanistan, um, my first tour of Afghanistan I'd done in 2007. I was in the Marines, I was a section commander and I got back after um, that tour and the first thing I had done is I went into the house um, and I sat down with my daughter. She didn't know who I was because ah. she was born 10 days before I went on tour. Oh, my God. So I sat down with her in our bedroom, well, in, in our house, and I started playing Barbies with her. How old was she? Um, she was five, six months old.
2: Oh, um, that must have made your heart break and swell all at the same time.
3: Yeah, it was. I didn't think about the negatives of it. You know, I knew I, I, knew I had a job to do and I knew that um, that job was very important for me. So the negatives don't really come into play. I never think negatively. Like I never have and I never will. So I can just remember playing with these Barbies with my daughter and then looking up and my wife has just stood at the door. She's like, wow, you just literally stepped through the door, dumped all my kit. And then went upstairs, ran upstairs because my daughter was playing upstairs um, and went and played with my daughter. And obviously I didn't realise the the emotional side to it that my wife was feeling. The I just enormity wanted to, of yeah, it Yeah, the her. enormity of it. I just wanted to play with my daughter. I just wanted to get to know my daughter. So it was a really exciting time for me. But when I look back on it now, I can reflect back on that and sort of pull myself um from the unnorm into the norm which i do now and reflect on it i thought um you know i think to myself wow you know that was a really important moment in my life and in my daughter's life to really connect And your wife's Yeah and and my wife see yeah, i didn't realize that yeah. and my wife because I, I
2: you know i i put myself in her shoes as you're saying that and it made my chest go tight mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah the fact that you hadn't seen your child in all that time and to to leave somebody you know, at 10 days old and a wife that's just given birth 10 days ago and she's got no regular contact with
3: you. None at all. It
2: asks so much Mm. of the people that love and support you, doesn't it, that role?
3: Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm not shy to acknowledge that my wife is the warrior you know she is she's the rock star she is the rock star you know i'm just the, the <laughs> you're gonna earn so many star. good
2: points for this um, um
3: no but she is and i'm never shy on mentioning that i'm never shy on bringing that up because it's so important that people realize that you know she allows me to do what i do to the best of my ability because of who she is you know we're so compatible that you know that's teamwork right it's teamwork it's the ultimate partnership Mm. therefore when you've got the ultimate partnership you can concentrate on what needs to be done there's no distractions when I'm at work there's no distractions when I need to do something because I know my wife is there um, as much as I'm there for her and I can get my job done park it up and then get home
2: well nothing could be more of a a progress or a trans transformation actually than the life you came from uh, to the life you live now via SAS, who Dares wins? And how did you end up being asked to be at least considered
3: for the show? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a strange one. I went from you know living in the complete shadows, even when I left, to to living in the limelight overnight. It was the just juxtaposition like, is huge. Like, it was like it was like in the you know in the, in the dark shaded room to <laughs> the light, the sun's on me, and it's um, it was something that I wasn't prepared for. I've got to be honest. When the call came up. Um, we heard that Channel 4 were poking their nose in, wanting to do a condensed, diluted version of special forces selection. And the only people that can do it, obviously people that are out um, and that have been through the process. Yeah. So you can imagine that everyone's phone went froom, red, red, red hot. There's about 15 of us at the beginning.
2: So did you know people like Ollie and Foxy? Were you I knew known Foxy.
3: To be- I didn't know Ollie. Ollie's good friends with Foxy, obviously now good friends with myself. Um, I served with Foxy. Did you? So yeah, we done a crossover in Afghanistan. You've
2: never discussed that um, on the show. No,
3: no, we no, we haven't me We and, served me together. And Fox, yeah, we served together. Yeah. Oh. So um, and then Billy's uh, Billy's sort of like your old uh, your old school sort of you know. Um, typical SAS sort of hard man. It's like so. the Yoda of the show, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, he, he's, <laughs> like, he's, like, he's like the all wise one yeah. until you get him out and have a few glasses of wine. And <laughs> <laughs> then none of us are wise. Um, so, yeah, and it, it was about 15 of us in the beginning. You can imagine everyone came and they were like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, you know, let's, let's see what's going on. And then uh, the powers to be in London were like, you stay away from this. And everyone whoosh, went back under their rocks back into the shadow. What do you mean? Like? The
2: powers that be in London from, yeah, well, well, the, from the, the from the army?
3: Yeah, yeah. The the the, the headshed, shall we say? Because we're bound to the secrecy act. For of course, official Secrets um, act, right? That's right. So you can imagine when when they got. So what they said? No, it, you can't do this. They were like, stay away from it. So everyone, <laughs> one person, it was just sort of me and Foxy looking at each other. Like, like we were the ones left. Oh, I said to Fox, I said, look, I'm doing it. Foxy was like, listen, I'm doing it. Um, and then we, we went in and, what, and spoke. What,
2: what, what's the upshot of defying an order like that? Or, or It's request? not so much
3: defying an order. It's it's one of those where if you look at history, it's, it's all been spoken about anyway. All we're doing, really, without complicating things, is bringing a fresher look to it. We are the new generation of special forces soldiers you know we are the most combat hardened out there you know Iraq and Afghanistan from 2003 till 2013 you know our training ground was the battlefield you're not going to get any more combat hardened soldiers than that era so you,
2: you kind of sat down with the powers that be and said we yeah think this is a good thing and here's why
3: yeah and they were like right listen um you know we came up with an agreement to to move forward and um everything gets signed off by them though now, everything that we do is signed oh, off for them. As long as we don't give away national security, which I'd never want to do, no. or personal security for, any, for myself, or any of my colleagues, which, again, I'd never want to do, then, you know, what we, uh, well, we're doing really is a, is a, a fun and an experimental TV show to see if normal people off of the streets yeah. can deal or have the potential to pass special forces selection.
2: And the answer is not so much.
3: And the answer is <laughs> no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but God, I love watching it. I love watching it. Um, now, I have got three prepared questions for you, but I just have so, so many questions. So mm. before I, I get to your first, I just wanted to know the driving force for signing up at sixteen. I mean, at sixteen, most people don't know their own minds. Yeah. And what I've read um, in terms of your story is that your decision to sign up was really to get out of the house. Your dad had dropped dead with a heart attack at the age of thirty-six. When you were how old?
3: Five. Five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then
2: your mum met somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, a man that's been described as bullying in his behaviour.
3: He was, you know, it's, he was a he was an old school disciplinarian. Let's put it that way. You know, he was young, he was a young man, um, and he took on four children at the time, um, very young children. So it's, um, I suppose he'd done what he needed, what he thought was best. But um, it kept me in line to a certain extent. But also, you know, the things that you think about, you think, oh, if I was a lot bigger, <laughs> you'd have <laughs> a fart in your hands. But um, yeah. uh, it's Interesting, one... isn't it,
2: how you view it through the eyes of being a 16-year-old lad and then you're sat here as a father of five today and you're applying a lot of compassion mm-hmm. to your viewpoint.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it is. And it's, you know, when I think about myself as a young... I think he was 27, so ah, 26. Taking right? on four kids. It's like, you know. It's big. It's, it's, it's big. Um, and we couldn't have been easy because we we're very active children, you know. So, uh, mm. and again, you know, we haven't come out of it. I've come out of it a strong man, you know. I've come out of it with, which I think, you know, I haven't learned the hard way where I'm sitting here now with all my sort of morals intact. In but um, Is maybe around, a bit. Is he
2: still your stepdad?
3: Yeah, I don't see him, you know, but um, you know, you maybe with a bit more nurturing and a bit bit, bit more guidance in the right direction, and I wouldn't have gone through the, the really harsh life lessons that I've been through to get to where I am. Maybe that could have been a smoother road.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You're being very generous.
3: Yeah, I am.
2: <laughs> yeah, good for you. Okay, your first question. Do you need a to top-up or are you all right? No, but oh. just give
3: me the bottle. Okay, just give me the bottle.
2: <laughs> okay, question number one. Can you identify an event or a period in your life that changed everything for you, the ultimate life lesson?
3: Yeah, I can. Um, And it's quite a clear one to me. When I was 21 years old, not a lot of people know this, but when I left the Army, I left the Army to join the Marines. Um, And when I left the Army, um, obviously my... Mother was in France, my stepfather were in France. And Yes, you know, should
2: explain that you were born in Plymouth but raised in France. Born in
3: Portsmouth. Portsmouth, sorry. Yeah. Born in
2: Portsmouth but raised in France.
3: Raised in France. So all my family was still out there. So when I left, I decided to tackle the big wide world by myself um, and that didn't quite work out. I found myself walking to the job centre after a couple of months. Jobless. In the Armi-
2: after the army? Um,
3: when I left the army. So there was a period of me joining the army to joining the Marines. Right.
2: So there's a window. So
3: there's that window where I just. Uh, Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't find a job. I walked to the job centre, um, and I walked out of there, out of there jobless. And I remember just walking down the steps of the job centre, sitting down on the steps, and um, thinking to myself, "How how did I get here? You know, why am I sat on these steps?" And when I look at my military career, the beginning of it, you know, it started so well. You know, when I joined the army, best recruit, best PT. You know, I passed P company, which is become a para I went straight to uh straight to my squadron but things didn't quite work out there and then when I found myself on the job center uh, job center steps I just remember thinking to myself wow what, how come you're here and it was the first time in my life that I was you know honest with myself I remember flipping the mirror on myself whilst I sat on those steps I had a train ticket in my back pocket that's all I had um I remember just thinking sitting there thinking to myself why do you think you're sat here Anne? and then I started to sort of ripping myself to shreds I started saying well Ant, you think you're better than everyone else you know you you, you you rested on your laurels in the army you know you thought everything was going to come to you because you're best recruit best PT one of the youngest paras in the squadron um, you know you're sat here isolated because you know you're not a team player that was a big thing that I that I ripped myself to shreds with I thought mm. wow Ant, you're not you're sat here because you're not a team player, no one wants to be around you. You think you're better than everyone else, you know. You try and be the best at everything and you're not, you don't care who you tread over to get there. Mm. It's a case of me, 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 me. And I can just remember ripping myself to shreds. Um, and it sort of freed me as an individual. I can remember being brutally honest with myself, sort of allowed me to take charge of what was wrong in my life. Yeah. Own you know, it. Yeah, own it. The problems were right there in front of me. It was a case of, wow, it's like, it was a, such a clear moment in my life. But not a lot of people can do that, because it's very, very, very hard to be brutally honest with yourself. Really hard. And I can remember standing up from there and going, taking a deep breath and thinking, wow, it's quite obvious now. I loved what I'd done in the military. I now know I need to be a team player. Instead of trying to be the best at everything, just be the best version of yourself. Try and be the best you. Um, and don't rest on your laws. Don't think because, you know, you're only as good as your last job. You know, just keep that momentum going, and I walked off those steps and went into the job set into the careers office and joined the Royal Marines. And I, and I talk about it freed me. It was just the clarity of it, and that's what I do. I tackle everything with integrity now, and everything starts. You know, obviously with myself. I'm just make sure that I'm honest with myself because when you're honest with yourself, it allows you to be honest with a situation. It allows you to be honest with other people, and ultimately, like you said, the problem's right in front of you. It's, there's no there's no distractions. There's no it's not layered with complications or negatives, like brutal honesty, problems there, you can take ownership of it. Um, it. One minute you're and the cock
2: of the walk, the next you're a feather duster.
3: What, and that's, that's exactly what I was. Exactly what I was. And I just remember thinking to myself, wow. And uh, you know, there's one thing that I don't like to mention, but it was, it's quite funny. I, when I sat down on the steps, I looked to my right and there was you know a guy, obviously a drug, drug addict, and he had about two teeth in his head. Um, you know, he just sat there, and I, I looked at him, and I thought to myself, I looked at myself, and I thought, I'm no different to that guy there, and it was a, it's a wake up call. I remember looking at him, thinking, Wow, he's, a, you know, he's a proper. He's pro- I don't know why he was down and out, but you know, you could tell that he was, he was on drugs. You could tell that. And I thought to myself, Well, he's sitting there probably with no money in his pocket. I'm sitting here with no money in my pocket. He's got no job. I've got no job, and it was just like, Whoa! Like, you can either, you know ruin your life now or you can do something about it own it and that was the moment and I always got when I always get too bit too big for my boots and I get a bit above my station I always take myself back to those steps yeah and I just always just take that moment off all right boom
0: Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: My next question that I'd written for you was about rewriting outcomes. And I wondered, you kind of have already done that for yourself in that moment, but if you could go back... And change one outcome for another—something that would have either enhanced your life and been transformative, or something that would have prevented hardship and sadness.
3: What, what would that incident and that outcome be? Do you know what? This is a, this is the typical probably answer, and probably not the one you're looking for, Kate. But um, to sit here where I am, with my vision so clear, with my direction so clear, with my priorities, which I deem so straight towards my wife and my children. Um, And to be on this amazing journey that I'm on with my family. I don't know where I'm going, but it feels right. I've never felt so good. It's never felt so right. So going back and changing, I wouldn't rewrite anything. Because everything that I've done, and don't get me wrong, I've done some things that I cringe about. And I'm like, oh, my God, was that me? Or did I do that? And then if I had changed that small moment, would I be sat here today? So... Again, it's my positive thinking as well that I don't allow that to ever sort of take hold. But um, you know, all those trials and tribulations, success and failures, majority failures. Um, I wouldn't change any of them because now I am sort of I feel like a a bit of a mentor. I feel like a bit of a a bit of a wise old owl that's been around the block or who, who's lived a couple of lives just through my life experience. Mm. And uh, I'm really enjoying giving back. i really, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to achieve anything else in life. All I want to be is a good father and a good uh, husband and, um, you know, to, to build, on, build on my family and build on my future. But m- by building on that is giving back. You know, I'm enjoying doing my tours. My tours, everything that I do, if you look at everything that I do, and that's why I pick very clear, carefully what I do, there's a message behind it, whether it's my tours, whether it's about positivity, mindset, whether it's my, TV programs, even SAS, who dares wins. When you look into the nooks and crannies and really go deep into that, it's it's about human compassion. It's about yeah, emotional which, intelligence. Which you, you don't
2: see it first when you're no, you effing don't. and blinding no, at people and making them, you know, beasting them on the side of a mountain in Scotland. Yeah. But ultimately, it's about helping them to understand their potential. Um, I'm really interested to know when you call the fine line that is the making of somebody versus the breaking of somebody, mm. be it yourself or others that are under your care. What yeah. is How do you identify that? I'm fascinated.
3: Well, we, uh, I personally will push them to... Uh, and that's why you see them, when you see me on SAS Who Dares Wins, with when I take a recruit out, you know, when I really sort of individualise someone, um, because I've identified something in them. That's either going to make them or break them. Do um, we see this
2: on the show? Is this stuff that happens behind the scenes?
3: No, you see it like... A good example for the last one is Jerome. You know, the... Uh, the I think he was number... 14. 14, yes. Not that I, I watch know, every one. series. Yeah. <laughs> Jerome, and he was, uh, you know, he come from a sort of a violent background. Mm. He had the his demons sort of contained... But, but he was aware of his demons yes, and he understood
2: he had to find a place to put the feelings that sat around them. And I think that's Absolutely. the bit that he
3: came to you looking for help with. And I saw that. Yeah. But but what I saw as well, I saw that that was questionable. You know, again, it's only because I've been there. I've been yeah. when I thought I was in the best control ever. Something would happen. Boom. And I'd fly off the handle. Mm. And it'd be like, whoa, you know, actually. And that got be, you into uh, trouble, right? Yeah. Oh, every single time, the result was always the same. Right, so every reaction, there's a reaction. One hundred percent. So with Jerome, it's, it was a case of, um, I can see it, but I need to put it to the test. Not, not for me. It's not. This isn't for me. You know, I need to put that to the test because I've been there and done it. And I know that if you can't contain it in a controlled manner like this, then how are you meant to contain it in an uncontrolled manner when it's completely out of your Completely out of your uh, reach, completely uh, you know, out of your control, mm. and that's why I pushed those buttons, those buttons and buttons and buttons. And he's he was stood there. All the others had the bowels the bowels above the head. He was stood there. I was punishing him um, because he'd messed up. You know, I was punishing, punishing the, rest of the others. Groups. Yeah, so I was punishing Consequences,
2: him. Consequences. Yeah.
3: And you could say he wanted to give me his armband. and, I, and I, got, I pushed him to a point where it was a case of I knew that I could have taken the armband but I pushed him to a point where I thought, he's so, so, cl- wow, he's that line was there. And it's like, right now I can push him even more and get his arm man, but I've pushed him further than he's ever been, yeah. you know, that that he's either going to burst and break or I can now pull that back in slightly and leave him where he was there before, leave him there. And it's just about those small increments. Where,
2: where does he leave the course? I'm, ju- I'm
3: just um, trying to he left. So he done done... Um, he did after work. that he'd done two more days yeah he'd done really well he'd done a couple more days and then he left off his own accord because he felt like he'd done enough yeah. and, he, and, and he, he'd got his answer that's exactly what he'd done he got his answer that I was pushing for um, and again, he got that answer. And when he when we left, and again, you don't see this. He, he thanked me. He said, you've, "You've changed my life." I said, "No, no. I said, don't don't change anyone's life. I, I can change you for the better, but it's ultimately down to you but to change your life." It does. It has a
2: massive impact.
3: People don't realise the the effect that these recruits mm-hmm. have, and that's why I still do the course now. You know, I'm I'm one of these people now that you know, I'm ending a new career. I'm loving my new career you know slowly not pulling away from the military but that was that served me well that was my but i'm mean, i'm not a military man anymore you know that's what people are trying and explain to people I, I love that and i'll take that for me forever and i'll always you know pr- prioritize military people and uh, but that's but, your tool
2: bag but, right it's that, what yeah, you took from exactly. the army exactly
3: but now I'm, I'm i'm in media i'm I'm, I'm an author you know um I'm, I'm you know i you're a
2: freaking rock star I'm a rock star yes in arenas Anne. i mean but, how, 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 how does that happen you go from sbs yeah. to
3: that is mental. Headlining the O2. I
2: mean, that's nuts.
3: Yeah, it's absolutely mad. Um, but again, I'm just in in my flow. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm passionate about it. That's why that's why I'm doing well at it because I, I believe in it. I'm passionate about it, and ultimately, I want to I want to give back. Um, but it's um, it's one of those where you just yeah I just try and let people know that that's, that serves you well. Then that's your chapter of your life. Mm. Chapters is a good close. close good way off to look at it and use take the take the. The, the pages that you like from that chapter and introducing the to a new remember,
2: chapter every chapter has to lead to the next yeah it does one 100%. informs the other a couple of quick questions before I mm. move on to your final question has anybody from the TV show gone on to join the
3: secret service um, there's people from the TV show who have gone on to join the military great yeah the army and the marines i suppose you don't so. get to
2: kind of just like cruise straight into no, the top no, yeah. no,
3: no you've got to go through a process you know to get on selection special forces selection you have to do at least a couple of years or a tour of duty you know you have to you have to be put forward for it and yeah. the
2: girls on the last series yep. the last two standing am i right one withdrew and one was withdrawn which was very hard on her do you think there is a time when you'll see women on the show complete the course successfully
3: Well, there was. There was a woman that completed Series (gasps) 4. Was there? Yes. It's, um, she, um... Lou, her name was, um... On Series 4 in Chile, three people passed. Chile, but you're right. So there was Milo, Mark and Louise, um, Lou. Um, It's nice to see
2: the women being...
3: And she was a hard Scottish lass. She was, um, (laughs) brilliant, to be fair. And, um... Yeah, the reason why not a lot of people um, sort of know that is because she keeps herself to herself. Mm. Now, what we're having trouble with nowadays is the whole people coming on SAS Who Des Wins because they want their five minutes of fame. Mm. And then they want to know why they've been withdrawn. They want to know this. They want to know that. And why I wouldn't have this much airtime? And I'm like, get over it. You know, it's... It's not about it's that. It's not about that, you know, and... Well the guy we're that just to find won. Was
2: it Jerome? no not Jerome? What was the name of the guy that just won?
3: Yeah, the winners, James and Chris.
2: I can see them mm-hmm. and I know why they won mm. because they just got on with the job. Yeah, they did. And yeah. they are not there to be showboating. No. They're there to no. get the
3: show done. Mm. And we know that. We know people that are there because they've got an ulterior motive. Yeah. You know, they're not there for the for the right reasons. It's not big
2: brother, is it? And what <laughs> we do, we
3: just we just get rid of them. Yeah. We even then they go, Oh, why'd you get? and we're like, we know why you're here, mate. You know, don't try and pull the wool over our eyes. We've been there and done it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, listen. Um, and before they know it, they're getting cold and they're thinking, why did I get cold? And I'm like, none of your business. You're off. Go. And even though you
2: know that you're making a TV show, you have to run it like you're still in the military because you've got to be faithful to the process.
3: I get into a mindset, Kate, that you probably don't want to be around me. Um, I, I am get...
2: scared of you on screen. <laughs> and I think, I, but I know you and you're really lovely.
3: <laughs> but it's one of those where when I'm at work, especially in that environment, I have to go back to um, the authenticity of of the battlefield, of Mm. being in combat, of, you know, of kicking doors down, because ultimately that's what you train to do. So if I give anything less than that experience of this is how harsh it is. No one cares about the PC culture. No one cares about, you know, gender. No one cares about, you know, manners no one's polite no one cares about respect on the battlefield it's it's, they're out to kill you you know and and you've got to do your best to stay alive it's like Mm -hmm. there's no sugar coat I can't I can't afford to sugar coat a process that has no sugar in it you know it's so that's why I'm so so ruthless with it because you know I'm trying to sort of give these guys real experience within 10 days that takes us years years and years and years and years and years to do so short sharp disciplined, structured this is the harsh realities of what you would do if you ended up in a war zone
2: okay are you ready for your last
3: question i'm ready
2: um i want to know When did it last hurt and why? Do you know what?
3: The media, the papers, they can be relentless. You know, they can twist a story that you've already told, that I've already told, into something that's completely uneducated, um, ill advised, not right, and you just want to react. And you have to keep your mouth shut. Why It's then? like, because... I mean, we're sat here talking
2: three days after Caroline yeah. Flack took her own line. Yeah, it's... Um, why do we have to... I, actually, I think rather than keep our mouth shut, I think we need to just keep them working. But the moment We've you, got to keep talking. The moment, yeah, no, no. Challenging. Talking and, and
3: is fine between... But the moment you challenge something, it just gets re-challenged. Do you think? And then it get, gets put out to, to, to the millions you know, on, on a paper. Then the moment you... Cha- that's what they want you to do they want you to challenge it because that's how they get but their I stories think, out you of think that's we how we have they...
2: to challenge it Anne. if we want change we yeah, have to bring uh, it about i
3: i ignore it i'm not saying don't talk i'm listening it it's and...
2: interesting to me that it hurts you. Mm. you you i mean you have seen life and death mm. in a way that mm. most people will never know comprehend or understand mm. but this hurts you
3: do you know why because my children see it yeah
2: no i get it it's i listen it's not
3: it's not it's not a case of it's a paper I, cut i can take it it's a paper right? cut it's like it's like it's like it's like Death by a thousand paper cuts. Yes, it is. You know, and it's like a good friend of mine, Liam Payne, said that when I took him on uh, on straight talking. He said it's like, and I got that. I was like, wow. Any negativity will will sort of will will hurt in a way, but I sort of use it as use it as as energy. You know, it's like yeah, I do. Don't let it dent your bonnet. No, not not me. But when you know, when you think to yourself, wow, you know, you've gone and twisted that story into that, and you've made me look like this. And you just think to yourself, have you not got anything better to do than spread negativity? It's like, but what people don't realise with me with negativity, I you know, I, I flip negativity into positivity. You eat it for breakfast, and, and I, but I do. <laughs> but you know, but when you when you when your children are coming up and going, oh, dad has mm-hmm. just went online and I've seen this about. I'm like, just ignore it, son. Do you know it's what I mean? Hard. But you know, it's hard my sons at that you know, age because now, because and you know they're up in their bedroom look, reading it. Yeah. And you know they're going to go to school and, and it's going to go... And if they don't, their
2: friends will and they'll yeah. forward it on, in, in a link to them and...
3: 100% and that's, what's, that's what hurts me is that I can't protect them from that. I'm a provider and a protector. And when you can't when you can't protect, it hurts.
2: And also sometimes mm. those stories can impact your
3: ability to provide as well. One hundred, Of course they do. That's what I choose. I'm not saying don't talk about it to friends. Oh, talk 1 million percent. But what I, I, I decide to ignore... That negativity to a point where I'd, I'd never read any of the comments. I'd never, I'd never entertain do, to do go into the article and. I and, really
2: and, wish and, they would disable I just comments. Don't know,
3: but I don't read any of them. But, um, it cut off
2: their oxygen and their their ability to hide behind a keyboard mm. and put up those snipey nasty, mm. fucking pointless comments. Mm. Yeah,
3: no, it's true. That
2: have the mm. most incredible impact, and it's human nature. Right? If you post something on your social media, and thirty comments appear and 29 of them are lovely, yeah. but one of them isn't, yeah. you carry that one to bed mm. and it might prevent you sleeping that night and mm. it might impact the way you get through your day the next day. It might it, mm. You might take it out and, you, and the people around you.
3: But that's what social media has bred. It has bred a voice for cowards, okay? Mm. What it's bred is, um, is people to be disrespectful without getting a punch in the mouth. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If someone was, if someone was disrespectful back in the day in your face, yeah. you know, they'd come to your face and say it, yeah. and you'd you, you, know, you give them a clip round or whatever it may be, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying violence is the way; that's just a metaphor. But it gives cowards a voice to uh, to be disrespectful, it gives and, them and, and, a megaphone and, now. and not and not and not be challenged with it. Think about what you're doing. The impact it has on
2: people that are already vulnerable, mm. and we mm. look through. We look at everybody's life through squares now. Mm. Everybody's living on a grid, right? Mm. And how you populate your shop window. There's no right or wrong about filtering your life. we you know, mm. not gonna sit there and show all the bad bits as well as no. all the good bits. No. And if you do, that's, that's your call too. Mm. But we have to remember that human beings sit behind this and feelings are real mm. and words can really impact the way somebody feels about themselves, the way they live their lives, mm. whether they get out of bed that day. And in the wake of the loss and the recent losses that we've had, mm. and I am in no way jumping on this bandwagon. Mm. Don't fucking click on the articles. Mm. Mm. If you've got nothing nice to say, don't write anything.
3: And that's what I didn't, you know... Just, I, I, just I, I, that
2: alone. Just just, just yes. let's not stop, let's stop fueling a poisonous narrative.
3: Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I talk about using someone's, you know, people's negativity and... Flipping it into a positive. And I'm just going to quickly take you back. I'm going to go off. off yeah, I'd off love to, to know it. how to do
2: that, especially um, in, in the light of the conversation we're having.
3: I remember um, when I'd done one of my tours last year, um, I finished off and everyone got up and they got up and they stood up and they, they they clapped. And there was this one guy at the very, very front with his wife. His wife was up on her feet, and he and I walked along and thanked everyone, especially the VIPs at the front. Um, and I walked past and she was up clapping and he was slumped in his chair, like, like made, a, made a point of being proper slumped in his chair. And when I went round like, oh, obviously he stood out like a sore thumb because everyone was standing up. So he was slumped in his chair and he looked at me and he went, he <laughs> And he nodded his head, right, like that. He went, Pff. And inside me, it made me laugh. It got me, honest to God, Kate, it got me through my tour. So I thought to myself, well, how bad must it be in your life that you've come to an amp you paid to come to an Ant Middleton show, your wife is up clapping and you are slumped in your chair letting me know that that wasn't your cattle of fish whatsoever, that that was, that was absolutely rubbish in your eyes. Um, and I can just remember Every time I went on stage, I was looking for that person because it made me laugh. I thought to myself, "Wow, because that's not my problem, you know." And that's what I say with negativity: it's, it's like it's not my problem; it's that's that's your problem. You're obviously, you know, that riddled with negativity. There's, there's so many issues in your life that you feel like you have to take it out on a stranger, yeah. or you feel like that you have to, you have to, you know, be negative or or, or just just be not nice, mm. you know, and. I sort of flip that in a way where I think to myself, "Wow, you know, that's bad on you." You know, and I almost get—I oh, do get—I do sympathise with people. I'm like, "Wow, that's that's really bad from you. What must you be feeling?" You know, and and I, I do. I go to a point where I do. I had someone on the internet not long ago saying, do you give a military discount for, um, for your tickets." I'm like, "No, mate." I said, "I can't." I said, "One, we can't. You know, get the ID cards or anything like that. You know, you can't send over your ID card." I said, "I'm in the military." I said, "Otherwise, everyone would tell me they're in the military, yeah. and I'd have to give discounts to everyone." I said, "And obviously, I've got production fees, blah blah blah." And he went, "Well, that's disgusting. You call yourself a soldier, blah blah blah." And I went, "I went. Are you are you struggling to buy tickets, mate?" And he went, Well, not all of us are on these pop star wages, blah, blah. I went, So, send me, DM me, and I said, I'll send you two free tickets to my show. I said, Pick any one that you want, and I'll send you two free tickets to my show if you're really struggling. I said, That's not a problem if you're ex military. I'm happy to do that. Um, his demeanor just changed. Yeah. Big, long message, and I am so sorry. Can't what can't, an a hole I've it been car, Kill it with kindness. And it wasn't no. I was thinking to myself, wow, Well, if you've, you know, really, you, if your life's really that bad, and it's, you know, you're going down a road where you're, you're coming onto social media to highlight such a irrelevant point but you think that you you think that the world should hear your voice then it's a case of like well you you know you're desperate (laughs) he came and saw the show i brought him backstage and i was just like listen if you've got something to say you know just you know don't don't go about it that way if people have really got something to say if people come up to, to my face and say it then i respect that I'll be like, do you know what? Wow, you've got, got you've actually got the balls to come up to me and say it. and then I'll deal with it there and then, right? Yeah. But for people who are, I don't know, who think they know my life and know this and know that and that that is just like water off a duck's back. But the moment I know I can deal with that, but the moment it starts trickling Indeed. to into into my loved ones and into, into people that are around me that aren't as mentally strong as I am or mentally as robust as I am, or or going through that process of, of learning and and growing and, and getting that mindset. Yeah. And I don't want that polluted. I don't want that, you know. Stunting that it's growth. Stunting that growth. People say to me, you You know, <laughs> you, you can cut off from your emotions. I'm like, no, 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 listen, I'm the most emotional person you will ever meet. But I've exposed my emotions, therefore I understand my emotions.
2: What you do in the military is you assess every situation. And what you've just given me is an assessment of the fallout mm. of something that is, okay, let's call it a verbal weapon. Yeah. That's Absolutely, what it is. Yeah. But would But th- would, you, would you throw a weapon at somebody? Well, maybe that's what we need mm-hmm. to be mindful of next time something flies out of our mouth or through our fingertips
0: mm-hmm.
2: that qualifies Ish. as for verbal abuse. Off the back of this conversation, if you need to talk to somebody, and it's, if it's not somebody that is, is known to you, if you are more comfortable talking to somebody that is trained and qualified to listen, uh, call the Samaritans, 116123. That's double 116 one two three. there is always somebody that will lend you their ears good always. shout that Kate
0: always. good shout
2: you can't take any chances and after what we've seen in the last few days
3: you just can't
2: every life lost is one life too many
3: it's, it's sad it's you know I didn't know Caroline um, it's funny because we followed each other on Instagram likewise um, and it's just doesn't matter who, who it is it's just sad it's like 40 years old it's like Everything come on guys come yeah. on uh, like, like, just enough is enough
2: and if you want to listen and learn more about Ant's attitude to turning and flipping negativity on his head um, you better get your skates on because he's touring the country this year in arenas in case I haven't said it enough tickets Woo-hoo. are on sale now available from all your usual ticket outlets and, and I can't implore you enough read his books try to better understand an increasingly baffling world that we live and operate in especially on this of all weeks thank you for listening remember As always, um, White Round Question Time is produced by me, Kate Thornton, with Caitlin Merson for Yahoo! UK. Editing is by Callum Goddard-Mucklow. We we always encourage you to drink responsibly, and today of all days, I'm going to just encourage you, please keep talking. Please keep talking. I'll see you next week. Thanks, Anne.